You're listening to the Flight School Podcast. I'm Jen Lafine, an accountability and mind management coach for solopreneurs. In this podcast, we are going to challenge those things that are holding us back from reaching our greatest potential. Things like mind drama, procrastination, old stories, doubt, and staying stuck in confusion. So if you're ready to start bringing your dreams to life, you're in the right place, my friend. Let's take flight. On today's episode, I'd like to introduce you to someone who has inspired me and I know will inspire you too. Chantel Love is a mother, wife, mentor, keynote speaker, and the global vice president of customer success at Pearson Education. Chantel and I first connected on LinkedIn, where I was drawn to her authenticity and her openness about her journey with self-doubt and how she balances motherhood with her career. In this episode, Chantel and I chat about the image of balancing it all, how she deals with self-doubt as she takes flight, and one of my favorite parts, how her journaling habit fits into all of it. I asked Chantel to be on the show because her journey is an inspiration of what it looks like to truly walk to the end of the branch and fly. She is inspiring, honest, and is a great role model for possibility. I hope you'll enjoy the show. All right, Chantel, welcome. Welcome, welcome to the Flight School Podcast. I'm so glad you're here, LinkedIn friend. It's so wonderful to meet you and to talk with you today. Yes, I feel the same. It feels like we already have this connection and rapport already from talking and chatting on LinkedIn, but I get to see you in real life. So that's it. I, I love that. It's so wonderful to meet you. So one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show was because on LinkedIn, I really admire your openness about how you balance motherhood with your career and and just so we're we're all clear, you are the global vice president of customer success at Pearson Education. So you have a full-time job, yet you do all of this other stuff. So what would you say is the trick to balancing it all? Mm, I, I will say that I have not found the trick to uh, balance it at all. That's good. <laughs> there is no I, trick. Yes, no trick at all. No pulling the wool over your eyes. No pulling a, a, a rabbit out of a hat. But I have found ways to blend it all mm-hmm. in together to make it work for me and my family. Um, I say this because part of the reason I share is because I don't always have it together and I haven't always been able to blend it together. So I wanted to make sure that I was showing up authentically and creating space to let folks know that it's okay not to have it all together. It's okay not to be okay because I've had those instances and those experiences as well. But getting to the point of blending it all together took some deep reflection and introspection from me to identify what was most important for me because my priorities were a hot mess. Uh, My work was my priority at one point in time um, prior to me becoming a mom. Um, And then when I became a mom, I tried that same thing of having work as the priority. But then I felt this 
pain in the pit of my gut saying, hey, this doesn't feel good. This doesn't look right. And you don't have your boundaries together. Your son should not come secondary to your job. And it's hard for me to say that openly, but that's where I was. And when I finally took the took a look in the mirror, there were some things that I know I needed to change. And those changes started with me, one, being honest with myself and saying, hey, it, 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 this is not okay for you. Find better balance. And then also defining what better balance meant and what that looks like and how, how would I have those conversations with myself, my family, my leadership team uh, to strike that balance and avoid playing the story that I believe I was going to hear of rejection from my leadership team in my head and being brave enough to say, hey, this is what I need for myself and my family to strike that balance so that I can appease myself um, in that journey and be more present as a parent and show up more fully um, as myself for the people that I work with and work for. So it was it was a journey. I will say that it is a continuous journey because sometimes I backslide and I'm like, I told myself I wasn't going to do this, but in those moments, recalibrate and get honest again um, so that I can focus on those things that are most important and pressing for me. I love how you say that like there is no trick. It's, I think a lot of people see it as an either or, and really it can be an and, and having that, that mindset of, I can do both of those and not like, not like burn out. Like I can strike healthy boundaries for myself, my family, and my career so that I can experience the things I want. And I still can have that that home base that is so, so important to you. I think for a lot of people that are, that may be listening to this podcast, they're afraid to jump off that branch and fly because they're like, well, what about all of this other stuff? So getting rid of that myth that there is a trick, like really, I think is fantastic. So thank you for sharing that. So as you were going through this process, talk to me, one of the other things I also admire about you is how you talk about your self-doubt. Mm-hmm. And especially like how you overcome it. So can you give us an example, maybe of some, like a self-doubt roadblock you've experienced and how you navigated that on your journey? Absolutely. How much time we got? <laughs> oh, several. <laughs> well, we um, all experience self-doubt, which is important yes. when we look at someone who appears to have it all together. It's so nice to know. Oh no, no, no. It is a it is a regular battle. It is. It is. And going back to that that point that you made not too long ago, speaking to your listeners, if you're thinking, hey, this is something that I can't do, this is something that's standing in my way, let me share a story with you. I come from a single parent, low income household. My mom had me at 15 years old, and I've defied so many odds. And everything that I found myself doing as a professional was to honor my mom for pushing me and for investing in me. And that showed up in the way of overachievement. And what overachievement looked like for me was being the first one in the office and the last one to leave, thinking through the next phases of what my bosses and my leadership wanted 
I found myself doing work for other people and not getting the credit or recognition for doing that work because I felt that that was what I needed to do in order to be seen. That's what I thought I needed to do in order to get to that next phase. And in doing all of that, I was burnt out. I was upset and frustrated that others were taking my credit and passing it on as their own. And I was upset by the fact that I wasn't giving myself space or permission to be. And the reason why I felt that I had to continue to do that is because my inner critic, her name is Big Bertha. Sorry for Bertha's out there, but that's her name. She was constantly telling me this story that I wasn't enough. And this is what I had to do to overcome the odds of my starting point of being the first first woman, first minority, first generation executive in my whole family. And I found myself listening to that story that Big Bertha was telling me and I was shrinking myself. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I allowed my voice, Chantel's love, Chantel loves voice to speak loudly and say, hey, you've worked so hard to get to this point. It was on your efforts and your commitment and dedication to get to this point, why not bet on yourself? Why not give yourself permission to go to that next level? Why not give yourself permission to establish the boundaries that you need to have? Why not tell yourself a completely different story than Bertha has been telling you? What would happen if you told Bertha, I can do this. I can overcome this. I can be that person. I can accomplish that goal. I can obtain that role. And when I started to talk to Bertha and I had some choice and colorful words for her, uh, that's when I found myself able to work through and work within the confines of having that imposter. And I say through and with because it'll show up in those moments where you're at the peak and feeling really good about yourself. And it'll show up in those moments when you're just quiet with yourself, questioning what's next. So in those moments when you are thinking about taking that leap and your inner critic or the imposter is showing up, think through your track record of proven success. Think through actually seeing yourself in that role, that responsibility, or in that state where you want to be. And then also think about your future self. And I found myself doing that a lot too. How would your future self assess and evaluate the decisions and choices that you're making today? And how will it impact you a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, and how would it impact those are around you? So that's um, an example of an experience that I've had with working with or working through the confines of feeling like I couldn't or feeling like an imposter or the imposter syndrome was holding me back. Well, and you hit on some really, really good points there. One, I want to just reiterate, we all experience Mm self-doubt, right? Two, Bertha is your inner voice. Her job is to keep you stuck and keep you from growing. That's that's your like primal what we call the primal brain giving its its orders in there. As you know, 
I'm a huge advocate of doubting your doubt. And that what you just showed us is the perfect, perfect way to do that and not let your past self control who your future self is going to be. And I love that you brought up future self because I'm also a huge advocate of visualizing who that person is and living into that. So thank you very much for that. And I, before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about journaling and, you know, one of the things that, again, another thing that really drew me to you is you have a very, very strong journaling practice. And you mentioned to me that it was a way that you were able to find your voice. So I'm wondering for my listeners who also happen to be, many of them also are also journaling fanatics. Can you talk to us about what your journaling habit looks like and what it means to you on your journey of growth? Yes, I am obsessed with journaling Mm -hmm. and I physically write in a journal. Um, I've done keyboard journaling. I've also done video logs where I record myself physically and just audibly. Um, But I I want to make sure that I'm explicit. Journaling has been a practice that has been off and on my entire life. I've gotten very serious about journaling fairly recently, I would say, in the heart of the pandemic. And um, I found myself relying heavily on the journal. And I was just talking to a friend about this. Um, I relied heavily on a journal because I've been with my company as an executive for almost a decade, and I absolutely love what I do, but I found myself struggling to identify who Chantel Love was without the title, without the work, without the accolades. And I went through a season that I referred to as awakening, and I took the past three years or so to discover Chantel Love at the core, what brings me joy, what upsets me, what I'm passionate about, what impact I want to make. I wanted to take the time to dream again. I am not at the zenith of life and I wanted to dream what does that next phase look like for me and what impact will I make in my son's life and in my family's life. And journaling is something that I find myself doing habitually on a daily basis. Also, when I think back to the stories that I used to tell myself uh, when I grew up, I well, growing up, I should say, there was this phrase that children should be seen, not heard. Uh-huh. And that became a practice of mine. And what I mean by it became a practice I didn't use my voice to speak up or to elevate others or amplify others because I was conditioned, if you will, to be seen and not heard. And that showed up in so many ways uh, over my life and career where I played small or felt resentment because my voice wasn't heard and journaling became a way of me being heard. Mm -hmm. And I would have dialogue with myself and I would be that listener that I yearned for to dream with, to share frustrations with, to strategize with. And I found myself in this space of amplifying my own voice and using that as a space to genuinely leverage 
the ability to be heard. So that whole journey of the story I used to tell myself when I was a child, that whole journey of awakening started with me being so fed up with where I was at the point at that point in life and really digging deep and being introspective to the point where I was listening to me. I created that narrative and I created that space, uh, a safe space, a vulnerable space, a space for growth mm-hmm. by way of journaling. Do you find, because one of the things that I have found with my own journaling practice is I use my journaling as a way of discovering my self-doubt mm-hmm. and discovering exactly what it's going, what it's trying to say to me and how I want to respond to it. Does that come up in your journaling as well? It does. It does often. Um, in, in the, I'll give an example. In the pandemic, uh, I actually was promoted to vice president. So prior to that, I had a long standing career as a director of sales And uh, there was an opportunity that presented itself uh, for me to go after an an executive role. Mm -hmm. And I recall journaling, excited that this opportunity came up and then it went completely left. And what I mean by that, it was, how can you do this in the pandemic? You have a two-year-old son that is needing your focus and your attention. Your husband has an equally demanding job. Are you sure you're ready for this? Um, There are other people that are more credentialed than you in this space. Um, How can you even afford to balance life and the unknown in the heart of the pandemic? Why should you even put your name in the hat? And I remember sharing my journal entry with my grandmother, who I love dearly. And she listened to me, didn't interrupt me, let me get all of my thoughts and my words out. And she came back and she said, baby, you've been praying to God for cake. And he sends you the flour, the water, the butter, the milk, the stove to cook it in, all of the utensils to, to bake the cake. And you turn your nose up at it because it's not the cake that you imagine in your head. And that hit oh. me like a ton of bricks, Jen. I went back okay. and I journaled feverishly yes. for the next few days because of the visual that she gave me that was so spot on. And it, it took me down this journey where re- redirected me and it affirmed the things that I already knew. But in that moment of self-doubt where I took a different direction and questioned everything that couldn't be, I didn't take the opportunity to say what if and yes and to the things that could be. So yes, I get redirected sometimes and it gives me that space where I doubt my doubts but I almost did not doubt that doubt in that moment. So I took it to a safe space, had a dialogue about it. And um, I sit here in front of you, the global vice president, I almost yes. walked in a row. So exciting. And it also shows, well, first of all, your grandmother is clearly brilliant. Um, but you. also journaling doesn't have to be just one thing. It can be like a million different things. So if any of my listeners are out there listening, 
and are curious about journaling, explore it. Go back in my podcast. I believe it's like episode two or three. I talk about, I have a whole episode dedicated to journaling. I have another one coming out very soon about goal journaling. I am a huge advocate of it. We've Chantel has shared how it's worked for her and we know it can work for you. So Chantel, I have adored this conversation today. I adore you. I am going to put your information in the show notes for anyone who wants to connect with you or follow you on LinkedIn and get some of that Chantel goodness that is out there on a regular basis. Thank you. Thank you for all of your authenticity that you bring to this space, to the world, to my podcast, to LinkedIn. It is truly a joy to to talk with you today. Thank you so much, Jan. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Flight School Podcast. If you want to continue to receive Flight School lessons directly into your podcast feed, please be sure to follow the show. And if you know someone who could benefit from what I teach here on the podcast, why not share this episode with them and help them out? If you are looking for more support to help you spread your wings and fly, please visit my website at www.jenlafine.com slash work with me to learn more. Have a great week and I'll see you again soon.